You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. My, uh, my one son uh, is all fevered up today, so my wife had to stay home, um, but she was prepared to say something, and so I told her, honey, you better text it to me and so I could share, because... I think she, uh, I think she had something good to say. So I'm gonna try not to read this word for word, but at the same time, I'm just mostly gonna read it word for word, okay? But this is from Darby, for for everyone here, and I thought it was really good, and that it it should still go out. So, um, she said uh, she, her thought was she wanted to uh, share a little bit about what the Bible study has cost her, and and she didn't want to say that as a as a negative but to be real, because she's a mom and and there's lots going on. Um, So she says, uh, deciding to join a Discovery Bible study will probably take you out of your comfort zone. And that's the truth. It, It will. But when you sign up to come to a Bible study, you may not know whose house you will go to. You might not know anyone when you get there. And you may find that some people are friends, maybe some acquaintances, and maybe some you've never met. And that can be really intimidating for some of us. How many get intimidated having to meet new people? Anybody? Only me? Come on. Come on, church. (laughs) It's intimidating. Um, But a year ago in October, she says, like, we... We got asked to lead a Bible study, and basically what we did is I asked God one day before church, God just point my gaze to people who we should ask. And so we came into church with having nobody in our Bible study, and we asked a few, I remember Robert and Adrian, um, I remember Garrett came up to me, uh, I think the next week I'd ask Scott, uh, but anyway, by after two weeks for sure we had ten people already. Just just people we felt that were supposed to come. And, and uh, so Darby says, and the, and the funny part about our group is it, it didn't, I, I always imagined at first that, and Darby kind of says this, that we, were, we would have a bunch of people our age. We ended up having people a little bit older than us that uh, I, I love every one of them. <laughs> Sorry. My uh, my boys have like five grandpas <laughs> who come to Bible study, and it's so powerful, um, and we're so thankful for each and every one of them. <laughs> um, so Darby is the youngest in our group by a long shot. Well, not anymore. Now my brother comes, so he is. But for the longest time, Darby was uh, the youngest in our group by a long shot, and. Uh, she just says that over the past year, she's gotten to hear about God's faithfulness in all these people's lives, stories and testimonies about how he's been faithful throughout their entire lives, and that he has inspired her to start watching for God's faithfulness in her own life, building her relationship with God, spending more time praying and reading the Bible, so that one day, when she's been living it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years like them, that she'll have those stories too. Amen. 
I didn't read that part. That caught me off guard. <laughs> um, so she, she also just wanted to share with you that there's one thing that the Bible study has cost her, and that is, and that it has cost everyone who has made the commitment to attend, and that's our time. Um, we, all, we all go through it every week, you know? Every week, there's probably just about, I would say, eight, eight out of ten, nine out of ten times, you can make an excuse. I had a bad day. The kids are sick. Um, I'm in a mood. Uh, you know, like the list goes on and on about different things that, uh, that could be like, I'd just rather stay home. In our case, it's at our house. We don't have much choice. But like, there's just uh, so many so many things, but it's exactly the opposite, she says. After a long, hard week, it's given me encouragement and renewed purpose. If I'm tired, it has always energized and refreshed me in a way that I think only God can. So, just to, just to pop off that, you know, there's so many things that could keep us from doing what God wants us to do. And my wife has... Uh, we have four kids now, and of any, as any mom, she's, she's, got it, she's going through it every day. So from, from her and me, just encourage anybody. And, you know, I thought about one thing today, because, you know, for us, we hosted our house so we could put our kids to bed. You know, kids is a big problem. I know I've talked to some people. They're not a problem, but they're a problem for going to a Bible study <laughs> to make it feasible, right? And so I thought to myself, Aaron, what would you do if it wasn't at your house? How would you go to a Bible study every week. How would you make it happen? Because you know you have to go. Like, it's so important to you now. If, so if I thought about this, and for anybody, just an idea. Um, if you have kids, I think what me and Darby would end up doing probably is uh, we would probably alternate weeks. I would probably go one week, and she would probably go the next, and uh, one of us would stay home with the kids. So I'm not saying, because uh, I know it's tough with kids. Uh, we, we're there too. But... Uh, I feel like if, if we were in the position where we could no longer have it at our house, that that would just be what our plan would probably become. It's just That's for free. Um, can I next have uh, Wayne? <laughs> and then after that, after that, we'll get ready for our video, guys. I think... We didn't clap for Wayne, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been a part of two Bible studies. Um, Patience and I did one, which uh, Joyce took over. And then we went to Meath Park, and we were doing one there. And we're kind of pulled back from that one now, and so we're going to do a third one. But I think what I love the most about the Bible studies is that God does the Bible studies. Yeah. Is that it's not, uh, like, like Aaron said, we pick a verse. You know, I pray, God gives me a verse, I talk to Marge and see if they agree. <laughs> um, if they don't, then I go back and ask God again. Um, but we just a verse. And then when we get to the Bible study and we do it, we all read the verse. God speaks to the people there and he does the Bible study. And the Holy Spirit teaches us all from different people's points of view. And, and it's Really, really, I think that's the most cool aspect of it. Um, as far as community, you, you are so close to these people. Um, they become family, like Aaron said. And you love them. And when they go through stuff, you go through it with them. And I think that's what the New Testament, that's what 
Jesus said we should do. You know, that when one hurts, or Paul said it, when one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And, and in a church of 200 people, that doesn't happen a lot. But in a group of 10 people, it happens all the time. And it's really cool because nobody's there to judge because all 10 of us know that we're not perfect. And all 10 of us know that we're the biggest hypocrite in the world if we judge anybody. Um, especially me, I know that for sure. <laughs> you know, um, so it's just a really safe place to connect with people. Um, if, if you're lonely and if you're by yourself and, and you're coming and you talk to somebody but you end up going home after church and sitting by yourself with the, with the NFL, then um, a Bible study is an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. I forget who mentioned it, um, but when you open up, you know, the, the, the Bible, Megan, I think, mentioned it. When you confess your sins, um, the Bible talks, when you open up, when you, when you open up your heart and you get vulnerable with them and say, this is something that is really messing me up right now, then it opens the door for the, faith, for the prayer of a faithful person to avail much. It says in James that when you confess your sins to one another, the prayer of a faithful person will avail much. And it's amazing the connection you get when you open your heart and you're vulnerable, and then they pray for you. And it's amazing how those prayers are answered when you're vulnerable first. It's, it's, and it's easy to do when there's just eight or ten people. Thanks. Thanks, Wayne. Okay. Lucas and Christine Louise are going to come up in a minute, but uh, Christine Louise had this really cool idea uh, to share with you. So, so we're... The point of the Bible studies, like I kind of said earlier, it isn't just for me to get the most knowledgeable Christian in the world. It's, it's, it's so that we learn to disciple one another and be discipled. I don't go to Bible study to teach everybody who knows less than me a bunch of stuff about the Bible. That's not what I'm doing every week. What I'm doing is I'm being obedient to God, bringing a word, and then letting Letting the word and each other, letting us all sharpen one another, in a, in a place of humility where we where we all are open to it, uh, letting the word work on us. So this is what we call um, a tool um, for discipleship, really. So sit back, enjoy a little video. Okay, is it ready, guys? Are we good? Is it gonna go? We're gonna see if it's gonna go. Jesus Christ is in essence apostolic, which means that above all, it is sent out with a mission. This implies that all members of his church, all disciples of Jesus are sent out with a message to demonstrate and to proclaim. To whom are we sent out? We would like to suggest a tool for you called Oikos Map. This tool will allow you to identify clearly to whom you are sent and will help you persevere in prayer for the advancement of the mission entrusted to you by the Lord. But first let's consider how Jesus spent his time every day. Much of his time was spent going out to meet people where they were, in their homes, like Matthew or Zacchaeus, the tax collector, at their workplaces, like Peter, in the villages, like the Samaritan woman, or in the temple in Jerusalem. The relationships he established with all these people to share the good news also allowed him to meet many others, people from the relational circles of those he met. 
Sometimes the whole household, even the whole village, accepted the good news of the kingdom. Like the demonized man from the Gadarenes who went back to his people to tell them what Jesus had done for him. Or like the Samaritan woman who proclaimed to her entire village who Jesus was. This is how the gospel is spread, through relational networks. Jesus used the word oikos, which in Greek means extended household, neighbors, or agricultural or artisanal cooperative. The oikos map is a tool inspired by Jesus' method. You have social circles of different sizes where you exert an influence. Whether it's good or bad, you definitely have an influence. The most common spheres of influence are your family, your neighbors, your colleagues, your friends, people in the service industry like your hairdresser, your barista, your immediate neighborhood, and even your leisure activities. For example, sports, music, and other clubs. And Jesus also gives a special place to the poor people we meet or haven't yet met. So we must not forget them in our circles of influence. We now suggest you draw your Oikos map. Start by writing your name in the middle of a piece of paper and identify five of your spheres of influence from those already mentioned. Continuing with your Oikos map, write down someone's name who is far from God in each of your five spheres of influence. Take your time. If you don't know which name to choose, stop for a moment and ask God to show you which person he wants you to adopt. Because this is what it's really about, a commitment to carry and give spiritual birth to this person in prayer. If, for example, you don't yet know your neighbors, ask Jesus in faith over the next few days to create an opportunity for you to meet at least one of them with whom you can start a relationship. You can be sure that he'll do it, and earlier than you might think. You can put down the name of someone you see regularly or the name of someone you rarely see. These people will become your VIPs, very important people. This means they are very important and will have a special place in your heart, in your prayers, and then in the relationship you will develop with them. With the help of this Oikos map, you'll begin to pray very regularly for these people, preferably every day. We strongly recommend that you pray together with some friends, either in your discovery group or early in the morning via whatever technology you have at your disposal. You will be amazed at how God will answer the prayers of those who agree to pray according to His will, because He loves the lost and dearly wants to save them. Your eyes will also be open to see how to do good towards these people. By your questions, which show a sincere interest, by your encouraging words, by your willingness to serve. Through prayer, you will be able to discern where this person is in their spiritual journey. And your words and actions will be in line with what they need. Indeed, prayer merely precedes and underlies action. Stop. God is speaking to you. Obey. God is at work. While persisting in prayer, don't wait for everything to line up perfectly in order for you to start a relationship with your oikos. Also, don't wait until the timing feels perfect. Keep it simple and be intentional. Developing these relationships will inevitably lead you to meet the people in your VIP circles. You can then add the names of those people to your map. In fact, you're essentially writing the oikos of your five VIPs. You don't know their names yet? Go ahead and draw blank circles. They'll fill up soon enough. 
Jesus prayed for those who would believe in him through his disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. John 17, 20. The Oikos prayer map is also a strategic map. You decide to reach out to these people to build a relationship in a safe environment where they feel accepted as they are and not judged. Soon you can start having spiritual conversations with them and then, at the right time, share your story and God's great story. And these people will tell others. If more and more disciples around you are mobilized to act in faith in this way, specific areas will start being seeded with prayer and the proclamation of the message that is able to transform all lives and thereafter neighborhoods and cities. And this is exactly what is happening in many parts of the world. Praying abundantly, sowing abundantly are two things that are essential for seeing a harvest. Share this tool with some of your friends and embark on the adventure together. Oh, you said you weren't coming. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I think if there's any takeaway today that anybody should write down, it's that children are a problem. And then <laughs> write Aaron in quotations after that, just so you remember who said it. Um, I've been racking my brain all morning. I guess I've got several thoughts, and I'm just not sure how to share them exactly, but let's just go for it. So um, we've been studying Mark together in our Bible study, actually both of them. And... Uh, you see Jesus as he goes out. I mean, he is active, man. He goes out every day. That showed the map there. Every day of the week, he's out there reaching out. <clears throat> Not in a Sunday morning service, but where people work, where people out in the market. And some of those end up being huge gatherings for sure, but they don't start that way usually. People gather around him. <clears throat> and so the big challenge to me is realizing that God's called us all to action. This is the big thing I've got out of Bible studies that... We're not supposed to be Sunday morning Christians. Sorry, I'm choking here on something. Every time I talk up here, my voice does that. It's weird. Um, so no, we're not supposed to be just Sunday morning Christians. We're supposed to be active every day of the week, and that's the biggest thing. And the one scripture that keeps coming up in our Bible study, and I never remember the reference, so I wrote it down, and then I forgot to pull my phone out. Sorry, guys. Hold up here. John 14, 12. And it comes up so often in our Bible studies. But I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. What God did or what Jesus did on earth here, he's called us to do the same thing. And to do that, we have to get out and we have to put action to it. Um, and again, to say that even greater things we might do, we got to start, right? So that's been the big, big learning curve for me is realizing that I need to do more. I need to step out. I need to be active for him seven days a week. I need to be looking for those opportunities. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm just gathering my thoughts here. Then the other scripture that we go to, the other big thing I've learned too, is that we spend a lot of our energy as Christians being reactive to our situations. Um, reactive to the world around us. And God's calling us to be active despite that. Um, Paul and Silas, when they were chained in jail, they're Acts 16, I believe. 
they got locked up, they got beaten, they're bruised, and they're sitting there, and they're not moping. Um, they're not crying. What are they doing? They're praising God. They're being active, <clears throat> active despite their situation instead of reacting to what happened to them. And through that, God moves, and the whole family of that jailer gets saved. So, yeah, those are the two main thoughts I've gotten out of Bible study, honestly. Just realizing that God has called us to action, and God has called us to act despite what we might be going through. Yeah, I think that's my main thoughts there, yeah. Christine Louise? I, I really don't have much more else. I know. But that, I'll that, ask you the same yeah. question Megan asked me, though. What, like, what does Bible study mean to you? It means the Holy Spirit takes over that night and does what he wants. Yeah. Awesome. I wish I could have answered that short. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. We're coming to a close here. I do want to ask uh, one more, uh, Josh, if you wouldn't mind. Um, Josh is not a Bible study leader yet. Um, but what Josh is, is Josh is a new, he's not new anymore necessarily, but he is a newer member of our congregation. Yeah, give him a hand. And uh, what I wanted uh, Josh to share this morning is just like coming in, being newer, what, uh, what Bible study has meant for him as far as connecting with our body. Well, thank you, Aaron, for inviting me on stage. Um, so for those that don't know me, I'm Joshua Cook. I moved here from Winnipeg, Manitoba, about 11 months ago now, and I gave my life to Christ a couple of years ago in 2020, and so I knew being a Christian moving out here, I had to find myself a good church to attend, and when I moved, and I found a few churches I went to, but I found this one was the best one, and I've just kept on coming here ever since, and... After I ex chose this as my main church, I knew the next part was to join a home Bible study because for me, home Bible studies have grown my faith so much that with all due respect, a Sunday morning could never do for me. Um, wow. You know, like, um, you you know, ever, since, ever since I uh, became a Christian, I've been attending Bible studies back in Winnipeg. When I went for training for the job I'm doing now, um, when I was living in Saskatoon, briefly, I was attending a church there called the Neighborhood Church, and I, I was attending home Bible studies there too, and I was connecting, and I just find when you go during the week, you just grow in your faith more than you ever will, um, just by attending on Sundays, and if you, and I'll be bold, and I'll say this, if you had to pick and choose between Sunday or a weekly Bible study, pick the weekly Bible study. And, and it's not, not, to, not to get into church attendance, but it's just that you will grow more on a, on a weekly Bible study. You'll meet more people, you'll connect more uh, in a weekly Bible study, and some of them, you'll have good food. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, what Josh just said here... Um, a few days ago, I came to Megan and I was like, this is how I feel, but I don't want to be too bold in saying that. And she's like, I think you could say that, but Josh just said it. Um, that's exactly how I feel too, Josh. Um, is there anything else you want to encourage the people? Like if, if they're not attending, 
maybe that they might, maybe there's anything that you've experienced that anything else you want to share or that pretty much sums it up? Yep. yep, good enough. Give a hand to Josh for coming up here. Thanks, man. Yeah, that is exactly how I have, from a year ago to now, I, as much, don't, don't, because you, you guys all know I love you, right? Um, so don't, don't feel like I'm taking away from right now or from any Sunday, because uh, I love being here. But I do feel like what Josh said is right, that if I had to choose right now, if I had the gun to my head thing, and somebody said, you got to choose Sunday or Thursday, I'm going to choose Thursday. And I know that might sound crazy to some of you, but that's, God is teaching us so much on Thursdays, and, and we are able to uh, open up in community in such a way that I've never experienced. And, uh, you know, God's all about, God told us that we need to love God and we need to love people. And I've loved God and I've loved people more in my life in the last year than ever. <laughs> Amen. Um, so as I get ready to close, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe there's a couple things. Maybe you haven't heard people, maybe you haven't heard much about Jesus in general. Maybe though you haven't, maybe pretty much everybody at this point has heard about Bible study. Pretty much, and some of us have attended, some of us haven't yet. Um, the reason, and you might be like, why do these guys keep going on about it? Like, what's wrong with them? Well, you've heard a few things now. This is, this is why. It's not one of those things where we're, it's mainly we don't want anyone to be left out, you know? Like, we don't want anyone left out. It's like such a cool, and, it, and uh, uh, I feel like it's a radical thing that God is using, and he's changing hearts and lives, and we just don't want anyone to be left out. Amen? We don't ever want... To, uh, to uh, yeah, I just want all my friends. I want everybody here to to be to be able to come with us on this journey. It's awesome. Um, so in closing, I uh, you know church like like Josh was saying, it's very this Sunday morning is very important. But church is not just the state of being, or church is the state of being both uh, discipled by others and discipling others. Unfortunately, a Sunday morning, it's very hard to accomplish those things. Um, we can be sit in the sit in the chairs and be uh, discipled. You know, we can hear the word, but it's very hard to disciple others for all of us in a church setting. And home Bible study offers that. Um, Sunday morning service is a very safe place. Um, it's a safe church experience. Um, but I ask you, is it enough for you? Are, are you called in your faith deeper? Or do you feel compelled? I, um, because it, it really wasn't for me. And I have this, uh, I'm not going to sing it for you. I thought originally maybe it would be cool if I could get Lucas to learn this song and we could sing it. But I have had a frog in my throat all week. So I said, uh, sorry, not happening. So I'm going to read you this, though, this song. Um, it's called Pioneer. And it's by a guy named Corey Asbury. And... Uh, it really, it really sums up my final thoughts, so I'm just going to read you these lyrics real quick. It says, miles and miles on a treadmill mind, running but not going anywhere. 
I closed the blinds on the frontier life. I dressed it up as freedom, but it's fear. I lost sight of who I am and why I'm here. So free me from this fortress, this prison that I've made with my civilized salvation and my picket fence of faith. My eyes on the horizon, I cannot settle here. How could I die in safety? I was born a pioneer. And letting go, I leave it all behind. I'm parting ways with years of wasted time. I'm just gonna stop for a second there. I, I don't really believe in wasted time, but at the same time, I feel like whatever's happened for me, and those in my group, I feel like we could all say that we wish we would have started this sooner. So like I said, I don't really believe in wasted time, but as close to believing it as I do, in some ways I feel like I wasted some time. I'm moving out of this old man's house. Somewhere in me, there's a wonder of a child. And I wonder if I'll find it out there in the wild. So free me from this fortress, this prison that I've made, with my civilized salvation and my picket fence of faith. My eyes are on the horizon. I cannot settle here. How could I die in safety? God's called us to pioneer. There's nothing safe about going to a Bible study like we said. It's a different place. You, don't, you won't be familiar. You might not know everybody. But I could tell you this, that if you go with the intention of letting God do something new in your life, God will meet you there, and uh, you'll have no regrets. You'll, you'll never look back. Amen? Um, this morning, we're getting ready to close the service. I'm sorry I ended on such a sad note. It's, it's a passionate sad. I'm so sorry. that, I, But uh, it, I just felt so compelled to read you guys that. I heard it last night, and I just thought, man, this summarizes my thoughts. Um, we want to let you know this morning, though, that at Embassy Church, we love you. We want every one of you to enrich yourselves in God, enrich yourselves in the Word, and enrich yourselves in community. And um, if you don't feel like that's happening for you, it can. And we ask you, there's going to be a sign-up at the back. If you want to come to a Bible study, if you're like, man, I've been thinking about it, I've been putting it off, I've had different excuses, give it a try and watch your excuses go away. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.